Hello, and welcome to 20,000 Leagues Under the Internet. Dive. Dive. You're listening to 20,000 Leagues Under the Internet, a podcast where three friends explore online communities of the weird and strange phenomena from the deepest depths of the internet. Captain, we've gone too far. Welcome to another episode of 20,000 Leagues Under the Internet. My name is Harlan Spinks. I am your captain this week. Joined with me, as always, are, are my two best buds, Kyle Luck. Please say hi, Kyle. Hello. And John Carr. Oh, say Jesus. hello, John. Hello. 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 Yes. Huzzah! Uh, is that a, that sounded like a, a, a like a, an Irish limerick you were about to launch into? Yeah, it's something about a guy in a bucket. Yeah, f- is he from Nantucket? <laughs> he might be. I don't, yeah, That's I what he, I've he, heard. He recently <laughs> moved. <laughs> I love just uh, something about a guy in a bucket. Yeah, <laughs> but that just that kind of sums up a lot of things for me. That's never good. trust a guy in a bucket. Just you know, just a guy <laughs> and a bucket. Mm-hmm. Never trust. Him. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Never trust. No, it. never. Yeah. Uh, this week we t- so typically we talk about something spooky, something weird, something cringy. Mm-hmm. This week we're not. I have picked oh. a subject that is. Uh, we're going to talk about the container story. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to. I've been waiting for this episode. We're going to be so talking about um, something that's extremely utilitarian: the container store. It's got everything you need. <laughs> Wait. What? I thought you were about to lead in. I thought you were about to actually lead into a thing. No, I know just, my like, voice fucking... started to sound really serious and yeah, I lost the dunked... the joke. I, I punked you on accident. No, you dunked on my punk. <laughs> yeah, you dunked on my yeah. punk. No, we're going to we're going to talk about something that's actually very near and dear to my heart, which I don't know why I haven't talked about this yet before. Um we're going to talk about a little production company and more famously YouTube channel Red Letter Media. Uh, okay. So let's dive in. So is are either of you familiar with Red Letter Media I don't or what they so. do? I've seen of a couple videos because you keep telling me to watch them and then I get drunk and then go, <laughs> I'll, f- I'll fucking watch it. And then I turn it on and go, this is way long. Yeah. And then I. So, <laughs> so basically they're, like I said, they're more well known for being a YouTube channel and the, the movie reviews that they release. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got really famous back in 2000, uh, I think it was 2009 or 2010 when they released the night 70 minute um uh phantom menace star wars of phantom menace review uh episode um and it went around the internet and it got a bunch of traction and it went viral um which we'll get into but before that We'll back up a little bit because it it originally started as like a production company that was formed in 2004 Mm -hmm. by a guy named Mike Staklasa. And he is one of the like, I mean, he owns the company, right? But he's also they have two other people that work on the show, Rich Evans and Jay Bauman. And basically, they all met or have been friends since they were like in high school. They all went to some sort of film school or film program in the mm. Chicago Milwaukee area 
<laughs> I know film. I know film students. Yeah, I know. I, I know, know their type. Their I know what they're know like. Their their it's, attitude. It's funny that you say it with such disgust in your voice because Mike Stoklasa mm. has a quote where which I'll read right now, and he says there were some aspects of film school I enjoyed and I learned a lot from, but I found most of it to be frustrating because a lot of the theory and aesthetic stuff seemed subjective and pointless to me. So he really didn't right. enjoy. <laughs> you want to know why? Because it's it's an art major masquerading as something else, and art majors go through the same shit where you're dealing with subjective opinions yeah. when it should just be an objective. This is art. well, yeah. He talked he talked about how like like the theory aspect and the technical aspect it was what he felt like should have been taught more, like you know building sets, working a camera. That type uh, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because that's a lot of what Red Letter Media is like known for. Like they have a cult following and a lot of the respect I think they get from their fans are the fact that they literally do everything themselves. Like building sets, which we'll talk about, but editing everything, you know, it's it's pretty phenomenal. Like the stuff that they've they do for like mm-hmm. a small YouTube channel, you know. Mm-hmm. So um Rich and Mike are best friends. Like I said, they've been friends since high school and they started uh, making like, like a lot of people that go into film start making like short movies and stuff in their backyard. Um, I should have sent, grabbed some screenshots of some of them because they're pretty ridiculous. I've watched a few of them and they're always kind of like sci-fi e comedy videos that are terrible because it was mm-hmm. the nineties. Um, but the company is like i said best known for like the prequel review videos Mm -hmm. um that went Mm -hmm. viral basically when they came out the video before the the phantom menace review had like eighty seven thousand views and then the phantom menace review video has 10 million oh yes christ yeah so within like a couple of months or weeks it it fucking went made the rounds uh, Damon Lindelof ended up sharing it on Twitter. Who, it, it, if you don't know, he's like JJ uh, Abrams, like writing partner. He's like basically yeah, written oh. everything he's worked on. Yeah, I didn't know that. And also Simon Pegg ended up like sharing it. So like, hey, yeah, <clears throat> that's a good one. That's a solid. That's a solid bump. Yeah, it's it's very much in the the same sort of wheelhouse of like comedy stylings too. Um, but. Basically, just to sum up the review, the review kind of goes through the movie and states that there's not really a real protagonist or any real strong characters, which is in the video. He like pulls some of his friends aside to like interview them and he goes, um, describe Qui-Gon Jinn, like describe <laughs> his character. And then mm-hmm. everyone's like stoic, quiet. And then he'll cut to that, like being like special set of skills. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Wrong movie. Fuck. Um, <laughs> or is it? Or, or is, is it? it? Oh, but then he'll he'll ask them describe Han Solo, and it's like swashbuckling, smarmy, like all these different adjectives to really d- describe these characters. Um, mm-hmm. And he does that with a bunch of like comparing the 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 characters and how they're presented between the two movies. Um, mm-hmm. Right. He also mentions in the video, like, that Qui-Gon Jinn's actions are extremely questionable in some aspects, like, essentially kidnapping this kid and, like, yep. putting him through this, like, cult <laughs> when you really God, think about it. Is, mm-hmm. um, 
there's no like cohe- yeah like this is my religion and you i'm forcing it on yeah, you. yeah exactly but it's because it's great and because it, it is good it's because midichlorians <laughs> yeah and you know you're surrounded and your mom had hella so many fucking many so many just uh, all swimming on all all over the place and you just had to be you know in order to get out of her they had to form a babby and shoot you now out. Anakin, so here you are now anakin what do you know about immaculate conception <laughs> um and then you know that yeah. you know darth vader's really like reverse jesus yeah like, <laughs> you know Instead of saving people, just, kind of just like I can see the T-shirts now. <laughs> Reverse Jesus, yeah. and it's just his helmet. Yeah, <laughs> no other context. Um, <laughs> it's just, yeah. All, in the Star Wars font, it just says Reverse Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Title crawl. Find Perfect. it in our merch store. Um. So the we should start a merch store. Oh God, we should. Um. So the uh, the video was praised for like its content, its presentation, its actual accurate, you know, unbiased criticism of the movie. But one of the reasons why it went viral was because it's told through a character that Mike Staclossa made up, whose name is Mister Plinkett, and okay. he uh, is yes. a sometimes described as schizophrenic, psychotic, and cranky, but also creepy um there's a bit mm-hmm. in the video where he cuts to him rum- rummaging around in like a basement trying to find like his star wars toys in the dirt and off off just off the side of the screen is a woman tied up in the basement and it's not really ever addressed until like later reviews and it's just told through this view of this psychotic guy who's obsessed with star wars but also crazy so it's a weird sort of juxtaposition, which certain people kind of, um, they described there was a literary and cultural critic named uh, Benjamin Kerbach, who basically says that Plinkett enacts a kind of detunement, which in French is like reroute or hijack. Mm-hmm. Um, by recontextualizing images that would otherwise serve as Star Wars marketing material, such as behind-the-scenes footage and interviews. Um, another person, Guy Debord, um, uh, defined it as the reuse or pre-existing artistic elements in new ensemble um, as a way of generating meaning out of uh, like cultural text that is antithetical to the original uh, intent. So basically by using this stuff that was meant as promotional material through like the interviews and behind the scenes for the movie Mm -hmm. and putting it in the context of this psychotic um obsessed star wars fan it it changes but it also kind of is like a self-reflection of the fandom itself so there's actually a lot of layers to this seemingly yeah seemingly goofy and silly satire of movie reviews and fandom in general. I feel like this has to exist somewhere else in other fandoms. Like there has to be some archetypal character that like points out the fallacies of the fandom. Yeah. Every fandom has their own Mr. Plinkett. (laughs) Right. But I don't know what they are. So the, but now because of just this being pointed out to me, I'm going to be looking for it. Oh yeah, totally. Um, I'm going to find it. So, uh, 
uh let's see um yeah so basically they're they're talking about subversion a subversive narrative that um sort of frames george lucas as quote-unquote lazy out of touch and thoroughly unchallenged filmmaker um yeah which i mean uh i don't want to uh say that they're wrong but i don't want to come down my boy gl like that though well i I just want to specifically in regards to the prequel movies like you know what i mean like i i will make a statement right now that i know this has probably been discussed in many other places yes. but george lucas was also in a position with a budding this world of budding technology and having the movie suffer due to leaning on technology too much yeah. the script was shit don't get me wrong yeah. uh but but still the, even the visual aspects and everything like while stunning at times still look ultra digital and yeah they don't they're not immersive and and all of the stuff you just mentioned is is covered in these review videos where he breaks down like certain scenes where it's man walks into room uh uh you know an over the shoulder shot conversation man walks out of room that's the majority of scenes construction within Mm -hmm. all of those movies it's crazy when you like are shown them in quick succession um like no one runs uh, like the scene where uh, this is like way way later in the reviews is where they tell him that fucking palpatine is a sith he tells mm-hmm. sam jackson that and that should be a moment where like oh tensions are high and he tells him and then they both turn and just walk off screen <laughs> hold up because they're on up. a green Ma- a green screen that none of yeah. that stuff is actually there they have no actual I'm, am i misremembering was sam jackson in phantom menace not in phantom menace in the george or in the revenge of the sith reviews because he does oh, all oh, of God. the re- i'm sorry movies. i'm sorry i'm sorry i see i see i was like that doesn't line up with i thought we were talking about phantom menace specifically. just as a just as a, an example but um anyway not to talk about the fucking star wars too much this is kind of what I mean, made red day but I know. So yeah, you want to keep going? I, I could so much. Yeah, we could just fucking drop a fucking sound we, thing right here. Can we just and drop in the audio from the Mr. Plinkett reviews? I think that would do a much better job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this episode brought to you in part by, actually fully, by... Red Letter Media. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, this episode will now be two and a half hours long. Yep. Uh, please stick around. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. We're not talking about Star Wars the whole time. Okay, Harlan. So, go. so this is the this is the thing that like propelled Red Letter Media into this cultish following that they they have they started to have and still do have. Right. Um. Uh. Let's see. It it turns out later. I mean, I don't know exactly what year this is from, but even people like Pat and Oswald were getting wind of the video reviews that Red Letter Media would do. And mm-hmm. he said in Esquire at one point that the reviews are quote amazing film scholarship. Um, wow! And did the Daily Telegraph referred to them as legendary? Wow, that is that is high praise. Especially, I, I actually have a lot of respect for Pat and Oswald as just like an intellectual guy and super nerd yeah so if yeah. he's saying that then it's kind of like doing something right. right yeah um nice nice guy to catch the ear of that's for sure right so um a couple other things um cinema sins um has done similar things like re- movie reviews and things like that um but it always kind of feels mean-spirited and uh a director this director uh jordan 
vote Roberts, who directed Kong Skull Island, because mm-hmm. um, I think which that I just they, watched, which was fantastic. Yeah, Hiddleston, baby. Yeah, gotta get that Hiddleston action. Um, so obviously, Cinema Sins they review like every movie. Um, Red Letter Media doesn't always end up reviewing every movie, but I believe they did do a review of his movie. Mm-hmm. But the director went on to say, Red Letter Media's uh, review is satire. They lampoon a certain type of nerd culture and their takedown is accurate and thoughtful. Red Letter Media's uh, critiques hold up under scrutiny. Cinema Sins just wants to shit on things for the sake of shitting on them. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you go from like comedians and writers and actors to like straight up like directors of huge Hollywood movies essentially being like, no, they're, I fuck with their shit. Like, mm-hmm. as opposed to all of these other versions of like entertainment news and movie reviews and they just do it for click for clicks and they're mean. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's something I haven't thought about in years is, um, and I wonder, this has to be a worldwide thing. Cisco and Ebert. Uh huh yeah okay cool i was like that can't just be like a local santa cruz thing right oh my anyway, god no. cisco and ebert <laughs> those guys this hugely popular kyle <laughs> yeah they were they were they were the gold standard for quite some time cisco and ebert give it two thumbs up <laughs> but here's the thing red letter media it does what the cisco and ebert thing does just on a grander scale but with less notoriety Yes. Yeah. Cause they have the time and they diversify, which is what I, I, what I, what the point of this episode is really about is their ability to continuously diversify and do new things and stay relevant while still also maintaining like living in the undercurrent of a lot of things. Like I'm sure yeah. they pop yeah, up yeah. every once in a while in mainstream media, which I just found out this morning, they've been nominated for three Emmys this year. What? YouTube Emmys? I, uh, yeah, um, how is that possible? I don't know what the ca- how the categories work. I literally have screenshots here. So, Outstanding Structured Reality Program. You've got... Some of these shows I've never even... <laughs> I've never even <laughs> heard of. Like, AEW Dynamite. A Global that's, Wrestling League. That's wrestling. Yeah. That's wrestling. yeah. Antiques Roadshow. Oh, fantastic. All Elite sure. Wrestling. Oh, what was the Antiques one? I'm sorry. Antiques I was talking Roadshow. about wrestling. Antiques Roadshow. Oh, Antiques Roadshow. Yeah, and then yeah, right yeah. under that Classic. is Best of Best of the Worst, which is one of Red Letter Media's series. Yeah. But I mean, then I there's one. You can, you can really kind of look at every streaming service now as somewhat eligible because I feel like, you know, with uh, Netflix and with Amazon producing their own things they are legitimate production companies that's like there was a whole discussion about you know like are these things going to be able to be considered for oscar nominations or like these yeah exactly ceremony things because it is like well it's not a major studio it's it's like something online but also like that's how everyone is consuming things these days and so like old money's not involved truly why the fuck not youtube yeah it's also a way to keep those award shows relevant by right. including smaller production companies rather than just giant mega movies, you know, because this this year, the fucking gold, not the Golden Globes, the fucking academies, it was the lowest like viewership in ever by a lot. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, it, that also is probably due to the fact that everyone was, uh, you know, neck deep in global pandemic and had other things. No, no, it, was in, it was recent, it like in February. Yeah, it just happened. It was it's more I mean, because still. it's more because there's nowhere to stream yeah. it. 
unless you yeah, have just, cable that's really it I, yeah i was like i watched highlights on youtube later that's usually what i did too yeah you know what i mean i, mean, I like, remember i didn't watch it live when it was happening i was kind of like do i really care that about you know opulence winning opulence things and also like also that john I, that's exactly right i also didn't why do we care didn't really watch a lot of them because of you know being in a pandemic and wanting to only binge watch rupaul's dragway race or like <laughs> shit like that baking competition shows that really just made my brain smooth so like i, I, <laughs> I only ever watched the award shows for all the goofs and the mess ups that they do right that's yeah. the that's the funniest part seeing rich people fall on their face literally in, in jennifer lawrence's case <laughs> oh yeah but she uh, that was great yeah um so yeah so they've been uh you know nominated for emmys now which is crazy that a youtube channel essentially i mean they're a production company but it like i said yeah it's a YouTube it's a channel. youtube channel that's where all of their content goes mm-hmm. well that's actually not true they do have other types of content outside of youtube which we will get to um but so before these star wars reviews came out um mike staclasa had actually done the, a similar type of review as this Mr. Plinkett character for every Star Trek The Next Generation feature film. So, like, uh, Generations, Insurrection, First Contact, whatever the fourth one is. He did the same thing that nobody... It, 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 like, they didn't do as well as the Star Wars ones. I think by now they've got a couple million views. But he had been doing this. So it was just a fluke of, like this i think in like 2009 people were still mad about the prequels like it was still Mm. a thing we hadn't had a new one come out like it was still six years before the next star wars movie was made so i feel like it was kind of like the perfect timing youtube itself was still pretty new as well um so just having having a finger to the pulse of america and what they really wanted to see a thoughtful review of the phantom menace <laughs> yes you know what i feel like even with like the resources that we do have as far as like i mean i often will refer to you know rating systems like you know google the, the metrics that they have or for um rotten tomatoes and that sort of thing and where i also feel like it's not necessarily like the most accurate as far as my yeah. taste is concerned but you know <laughs> You do what you can, and so I feel like it's often sometimes you will take the advice of strangers, and I think yeah. like having something that is more like unregulated, like the smaller scale things of like somebody giving you a, a thing, like I mean now all the time I'll pick up the phone and like look at TikTok for like, what's a cool like 90s thriller, like, and there'll be someone who has like, the, the, you know, 10 best uh, 90s Some thrillers hyper, for you to watch this weekend. Hyper specific like uh, knowledge that you just mm-hmm. really need. So, exactly. <clears throat> um, so we've talked about the Star Wars trailers that made them very, very famous. Um, I want to mention the other person who I haven't talked about yet is Jay Bauman. Jay is a third aspect of this. He is also like a video uh, editor, film guy. Uh, they actually met at like a forum, like a, a filmmakers forum in uh, 2001. And then Jay asked if Mike and Mike's best friend, Rich, if they wanted to be in a movie called The Trouble With Her Uterus. And okay. they filmed okay. it. <laughs> they filmed it at a burger barn in Milwaukee. <laughs> 
Wow. So, um, okay. their tastes are very much like B movies, <sighs> sort of genre defining movies, gremlins, things like that. Obviously, Rich and Mike are huge Star Trek nerds. They know mm-hmm. every name of every episode of Star Trek, and it's kind of a running joke in the videos where they'll bring it up and be like, oh, that reminds me of this one Star Trek episode. And then it's just like Jay tuning out and the audio getting quiet. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it happens more more often than you would think. So they all met pretty like early 2000s, things like that. Um, oh, yeah, we'll get to Space Cop, my man. Cool. It's, I just dropped a little link about Space Cop. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure we talk about that. So before we get into their actual movies that they've made, um, I do want to just talk about the segments that are sort of what have defined um, their diverse portfolio and what people... I mean, like I said, Best of the Worst is the series that they have a nomination for. I think the other series that has an Emmy nomination is... Um, I have it right here. Half in the bag. That's uh, oh, that's so interesting. So it's not the channel; it's like the series. the series, yeah, that they have. So they have recurring mm. series uh, episodes yeah, that yeah, come yeah. out. Yeah. So half in the bag is basically like how you mentioned Siskel and Ebert. It's essentially their Siskel and Ebert, except with a twist, because it's book ended with sketches. Uh, featuring Mike and Jay as two like disgruntled VCR repairmen who work <laughs> at a place called Lightning Fast VCR, and um, basically the joke is that they're trying to avoid uh, any kind of work, and they essentially are fleecing the Mister Plinkett character for his money to to because he's the one that they're trying to like get to fix his VCR, and they just get drunk instead. Incredible. So. They, I like this. This is like a little story within like wrapping up like a, the, the meat of the content. Yeah, exactly. And there's like running jokes that happen over dozens and dozens of episodes and like plot threads and things that happen. Um, but so in the chunk of it, though, is they essentially review a, a recent movie or two recent movies that came out like within that week or something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, so this is the one where they have like that takes place in sets. It takes place in like a living room set that they typically end up like demolishing and like they throw beer bottles all over it. They uh, do a bunch of stupid pratfall jokes. They did one horror one where um, there was a fight and they use like blood and squibs and things like so they're also <laughs> really keen with like special effects and like practical effects too, which is mm-hmm. great to see. Um, Tim Heidecker appears in episode 37 as the owner of Lightning Fast VCR Repair as oh, a nice who who better yeah truly of, yeah it's it's great uh, it's a very understated performance <laughs> for Tim Heidecker I'll say that yeah so that's like their regular cool. review show of recent movies best of the worst is their other probably most popular one which um has a bunch of different gimmicks and uh like iterations within it where Mm -hmm. they essentially review three videos typically that are sent in by their fans that are just horrible b movies that range from like instructional videos to like workout videos weird disney cartoon ripoffs um cool and they basically watch all of them 
and then at the end of it they sit around it's like a round table thing right it's four four of them typically uh two of the three owners of red letter media and then two of their friends that uh show up pretty frequently and they Mm. have to pick best of the worst because they're all the worst they're all terrible yeah exactly um and then usually they destroy the worst one (laughs) like like either by setting it on fire dropping a giant um oh uh, literally literally destroy it like physically even like they tear into it no because they've just they've just spent an hour and a half doing that already so then they will physically wipe it from the face of the earth oh wow that's awesome um uh so uh some of their friends that come on are jack packard uh josh the wizard davis uh and jesse knackles you guys are um, giving me cool nicknames i know dude i wish i had a nickname and you just can't give it to yourself so yeah one do i have a nickname do you guys have one behind my back that you guys don't tell me john yeah keep your fucking mouth closed oh <laughs> uh never mind <laughs> Damn it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so close. They almost broke my boy. They also have uh, two Canadian VFX artist friends who come in, Colin Cunningham and Jim Maxwell, who uh, uh, have shown up. Um, but more notably, Patton Oswalt has shown up for an episode. They got him. Oh, yeah. They fucking got him. Macaulay Culkin has shown up multiple times for multiple different series that they do. <laughs> Um, and they've had Max Landis on. And if you don't know who Max Landis is, he's a, a writer. I actually accidentally just watched one of his movies and I already forgot what it was. Um, <laughs> but they make, they literally make fun of him to his face. Like they have him on after they made fun of one of his movies and then had him on one of their, on Best of the Worst and then made fun of him to his face again. <laughs> awesome. How do you take it? Very well. Mm-hmm. Good man. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's, that's the shit. Yeah. Um, so the the some of the gimmicks from best of the worst are wheel of the worst where rich evans uh, uh sort of shows his handyman skills by literally building a giant spinning like uh uh like carnival wheel where sure. they put all yeah, the no, movies I got the visual yeah. uh he also then outdid himself with the plinketto set which is like a huge 20 foot tall by like 15 feet wide plinketto like plinko uh oh my plinko. god plinko yeah. The, yeah yeah plinko yeah uh they've done junka which is basically jenga <laughs> with <laughs> with the actual movie tapes that copyright <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh they also have done black spine where they just pick movies that don't have any labels mm-hmm. and then watch those with no context and then they have a spotlight series where they talk about some um some of their favorite worst movies um which i i really want to watch one of them is suburban sasquatch and it's the worst fucking thing <laughs> i think that maybe exists i'm sorry that's just an incredible name yeah he's just like gotta kiss the chef uh like apron on he's just doing some grilling mm-hmm. uh no he's like yep. literally ripping the arms off of people but it's oh, like okay. so so bad and and grilling them, and grilling them just fucking if he nice grilled them it, yeah. it would have made a better movie <laughs> Would have been funny if he's like trying to grow and he kind of singes his arm for a little bit. And he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you know um, we're we're about halfway through this episode and I keep waiting for this to turn bad, like for this to turn Harland, uh, I, like something crazy and off the wall. I'm I'm just I want to put it out there. I'm a little I jarred by the wholesomeness well, and just like gonna. 
lovely yeah. topic that we're going through. I'm not cringing. I'm having a fantastic time. <laughs> so this is not a weird sex. It thing. It is not a weird. Well, no, it's not a weird sex thing. Oh, thank God. Yet. They, they, I only paused because a lot of the times the movies that they watch have weird sex things in them. So I had to sure. think about that for a second. Got it, um, got it, got it. Speaking of weird sex things and uh, in the movies they watch, I do have some notable episodes for anybody that wants to dip their toes into any of these videos. I'm um, dip. I'm, please, I'm, I'll yeah. put this in fast motion with like a little like <laughs> music going behind yeah. it. Yeah. So L- let it roll. Probably my favorite. Uh, I think it's best. It's best of the worst. It's it's one of their uh, weird iterations is surviving edged weapons which okay <laughs> yeah which is a, a guide to armor class in the modern world is it's basic so it's an instructional video it's a police training video um that was shot in probably like the late 80s early 90s and it is phenomenally shot like there are like um in between the guy coming on and being like basically everything is a knife it's like because that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. in between the instructional part of how to like disarm somebody with a knife or just shoot them um is uh these little story beats of like dramatizations where people are getting stabbed in the fucking face oh but God. they're they're shot really really well the special but it's artistic yeah exactly it is very like the special effects are phenomenal um but there's also then some actual like crime scene footage, which is really disturbing and gross. Mm, but right, I mean, you don't always want to see your boy's visage visage get fucking ganked. It, yeah, exactly. Watch Those this to prevent that. Watch Edge <laughs> Surviving Edge right, Weapons. Okay. I will. I will. It, I have to watch. It's out of everything on this episode so far. That's what I'm gonna watch. They have after they watch Surviving Edged Weapons. Um, they made a uh. Uh, a hall of fame a best of the worst hall of fame and there's only three movies of the hundreds they've watched and and one is surviving edged weapons and then there's two other ones i can't remember what they are but that's how fucking good surviving edged weapons is okay okay (laughs) uh my gauntlet winner yeah exactly my second favorite is probably exploding varmints (laughs) (laughs) which is exactly what it sounds like it's a psychopath shooting varmints um for making them explode like an hour or something that's all it is i got it um there's another so get even which they pronounce as get even (laughs) um uh, because the title is like smushed together it looks like one word is incredible and that is written produced and directed and acted by a creepy a creepy sex pervert um what he's potential he's just weird like he's very old in the movie and then he hires younger women to have weird bathtub sex scenes with um he's he's Uh, always wearing a black uh, tank top (laughs) that's tucked in Um, his image of cool yeah which has become a theme that like that is a trope that they've discovered in these horrible b movies multiple times it's writer director producer actor in Mm -hmm. a black tank top doing something sexually creepy yeah oh my god the only way that they can get it happen yeah it happens a lot and it's 
It's like awesome. They can put their own weird fantasy on screen and normalize yeah. it or attempt to normalize like, it. Like one of the guys is like a lawyer was his day job and he just decided he wanted to make like an action movie. And then another guy I think was like an arc. No, that's Neil Breen. Who's an architect. Um, I can't remember, but they're all have like normal ass day jobs. <laughs> Everybody right. wants to live free and die hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you listen close enough, people will tell you exactly who they are. Like Louis CK told us exactly who he was for, for decades. Years. Yeah. For a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to tune in people. So another really good episode, it features a movie called blood debts, which has one of the best endings to a movie I've ever seen in my whole life. And I won't ruin it. Blood debt. I won't. Holy shit. It's plural blood debts. It's multiple oh, debts. Sure. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah. More than multiple one. debts. Um, I won't ruin the Sounds ending like credit because it's fucking incredible. Um, and then I mentioned suburban Sasquatch with it, I think is a spotlight episode. And then sure. basically any, any I movie, be, I want suburban Sasquatch to be just a continuation of Harry and the Hendersons where Harry just ends up being totally fine. And he uh, just like settles down with a nice family in like the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, well, you'll be sadly disappointed um uh, oh here oh okay i'll send this photo of the suburban sasquatch it's oh god it's so good um i want to see it oh, i need to put my eyes on it so this is the it's suburban screaming. sasquatch fucking jesus <laughs> oh yeah he looks great can anybody try and describe this sasquatch <laughs> it, uh, it looks like a, a dollar store gorilla costume that fell into uh a, like a plaster pit <laughs> yeah and then fell into <laughs> a tiger like pit a, it's like the tiger pit at the zoo like the cave that's in the back and you everyone's standing there waiting for the fucking tiger to come out but <laughs> is that a t-pose what's going on he ripped someone's arm off that's a fake arm in his oh, hand it looks like the halloween costume that someone's mother made them in the early 80s where it's Here's paper mache and a leftover blanket or something. Also, the pecs and abs portion. Of the f- <laughs> Sorry, that, uh, Harwin just sent us a photo of some, him crushing someone's head in the phenomenal, uh, phenomenal are. special effects. Yeah. Really, uh, really looking good. But the the pecs and abs part that are not covered in fur look like B- women's like breasts, like and eyeballs, like a face. It looks like a face, yeah. like a very disapproving face, like with a frowny face, mm-hmm. as it does all his antics. Um, yeah. I do just want to send one more. This is the cover of Suburban Sasquatch, and I don't know. Do you I guys think this, this is misleading at all? <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, it looks like... It, uh, it looks like an Urukai. Yeah, it looks like a screenshot, it like does. a still from the Lord of the Rings. And then, yeah. <laughs> again, like, dollar store gorilla costume. So, um, that's a really good one <laughs> that you oh, everybody and, and, should and, watch. In that screenshot that you've sent us, he's hoisting what appears to be a very digital log above oh, his yeah. head. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a yeah. Sims a Sims 2 log. Yeah. It's like an 8-bit log. <laughs> um so um those are great ones uh the last one i wanted to well the last two i really want to mention is basically any movie that features cameron mitchell who is like a pretty famous actor from the 80s whose career slowly declined as he became more and more of an alcoholic and just started to be in anything he shows up often um and then the episode with Patton oswald is extremely good because um they almost uh make Pat Oswalt lose his mind because the movies they picked were so bad. 
Oh, good. And I, I actually really am in. I do want to watch that. Yes, it's. I really want to watch Patton Oswalt fucking react to that. It's shit. it's very good. He looks exaster exacerbated, exhausted, just the worst experience um is he sitting in an armchair by chance while no they sit around it's just like a big round table and they just have chairs i don't know why i'm imagining them all sitting in armchairs well one of like their the- actually <laughs> the next series i was going to talk about called review they do sit in two big leather armchairs oh okay. i mean that's the okay. preferred method of watching a movie is like extremely comfortable recliners definitely get get your lazy yeah. boy boys mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Um, so review is uh, another sort of typical review show. It's typically just two people that review older movies like cult classics that they're really fans of um, or like genre defining movies. Like I think one of them is like they talk about gremlins. Um, mm-hmm. So because those movies don't really fit in best of the worst and they're not recent. So uh, they also one of their other probably most beloved series was something called nerd crew, which is a pair. <laughs> Kyle looks like he's heard that before. I just feel like I'm a part of it. But continue. <laughs> uh, which is basically a parody that satirizes uh, shows like Collider and Screen Junkies that basically pander to Disney and, um, you know, those large mega blockbuster fanboy uh, production companies. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it's typically the three of them sitting around a room the whole room is covered in Star Wars and Disney memorabilia, like at, like tip to toe, baby. It's Disney's, <laughs> like Disney toys. They've got like hats on that say fucking Star Wars. They have, you know, the ugly shirts you see at Target that you buy for a five year old that are like mm-hmm. multi print of Darth Vader's sure. head. Yeah, yeah, um, right. and the weird alternative art style. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, so it's their show to make fun of those other shows, uh, product placement, native advertising and general subservience to entertainment mega corporations are all satirized. Subservience. Um, yeah, it's very good. So like, f- so does that mean like fake ads happen or something? No, it's just like what they're you- talking about. Like there's one episode where oh, they're all okay. sitting around and Mike and Jay are like praising the new Star Wars movie, whichever one it was, while Rich sits in the corner and he's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I I thought it wasn't all that great. And they're <laughs> Mike and Jay are like looking at the camera like, uh, what are you what are you talking about, Rich? It was it was phenomenal. It was great. I don't know. What, uh, I don't know what you like mean. Under the gun. Yeah. Like yeah. Like, like somebody. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Got it. That's good. Um, and then That's previously good. recorded, which was a short-lived gaming review series with Rich and Jack Packard, who I mentioned earlier. So they keep they keep trying new things. Y- yeah. They're not just doing the same thing over and over again, which is yeah. Cool. Or specifically with like best of the worst. Like it started as one thing, and they did it that way for years before mm-hmm. they started to introduce like Wheel of the Worst and Plinketto. And it's not like they switched and then only did every best of the worst as Wheel of the Worst. Sure. They would then do like regular ones and joke about like, oh god, are we doing another Black Spine? I can't fucking do it, dude. And <laughs> and so it's like very self-referential. They make fun of themselves. And the fact that, like, they are themselves huge nerds, mm-hmm. but, like, they don't fall into the, like, you know, the nerd crew where it's, like, they're very sincere about it now. Like, they still can separate themselves and see that it's, like, oh, these, Disney's just taking advantage of people at this point. Like, right. straight yeah. up. And it's gross. Um, and predatory. Well, I want to watch my Mulan right now <laughs> oh god <laughs> so you know 
whip it out dude you got that disney that disney plus we all do i got we all I got do. that plastic i got that plastic wrapped up in leather touching up against my right butt cheek bro i'm sorry what why that's my credit card in my wallet god. That is my oh my pocket. god uh, kyle the weird sex so. stuff that's my territory <laughs> <laughs> if you would please hands off bud S- sure, kindly sure, step sure, off sure. Okay, so that's basically their YouTube existence. They have, uh, like Kyle sent, a screenshot of space a movie called Space Cop, which they all were involved in. Yes. One of their first movies, though, is something called Gorilla Interrupted. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh my that's God. That's a great play. That's a great. That's and great. I have a, a tagline here. Four misfits band together to save the world from an alien invasion. Schlock ensues. Um, I didn't look too much more into it. I think it's on YouTube and you might be able to find it. It looks really terrible. It's from 2003. Um, they have, it looks really bad. They had another movie called oranges revenge of the eggplant in 2004. (laughs) And there's a rescue of, I'm not going to read this whole fucking description because it's crazy. Um, but it's, it's not i think it's stop motion where the all the characters are fruits and vegetables and there's a they have to rescue president banana stan and dr sunkissed uh is a scientist it's a whole fucking stupid parody of i think veggie tales maybe yeah dr sunkissed is sounds legit it sounds it sounds real. It looks it's real. It's with a Y actually. It, Sunkissed like the uh Oh, cuz they didn't want to get sued. Yeah. Because uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're, they're all about just squeaking around those uh those Just licenses. single letter changes, yeah. <laughs> um so then they released a movie called The Recover- Recovered um which uh is described as a heavily medicated woman returns to her hometown after 15 years to make preparations for her estranged mother's funeral only to be haunted by the long repressed memories of a childhood horror so this one i think just judging by the fact that it's a horror movie was written by jay bauman who is a huge horror fan he's like the horror guy in the crew mm-hmm. um uh they made another movie a couple years later called feeding frenzy which has an awesome cover um and that one is described as a tongue-in-cheek homage to the rubber puppet move monster movies of the 1980s like critters and gremlins and then the the tagline is ever been eaten before here's your chance oh shit um and then the most recent one which kyle sent the photo for is a movie called space cop which is universally hated and beloved because it's hate it's so bad uh 5.2 stars on imdb Mm -hmm. i gotta say though you got a couple good things going on here let me just tell you what google's telling me right now go for it one page we've got pat oswald is cast in this movie Mm -hmm. number two the rotten tomato score is a solid 69 percent fucking nice people worked on that that one good and google users 87 percent like this movie yeah so to me sounds like a good time well i think the people leaving those reviews might be a little biased <laughs> harlan i think i'm ready to be biased myself i'm looking at this all right and the name just space cop and space cop makes is me... fucking in- incredible Here, i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah. try and hit you with a, a movie voice description here oh yeah what, please what, do a dramatic oh, reading please 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 and 
Space Cop is the story of a cop from the future of space who travels back in time to the present and is teamed up with a cop from the past who is unfrozen in the present. <laughs> Together, they must defeat evil aliens with a sinister plan. That's exactly the description I have on my page right in front of me. Oh, good. <laughs> I was reading along with you. So... I go see that movie. I go see it. So you can buy it. You can buy a DVD, I'm sure, on their Patreon page or something. Mm -hmm. Um, They have boxes of them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just waiting to be bought by suckers like you. (laughs) Yeah, so... I love that. And me. No, no, no. I'm in in it. It's probably their most ambitious movie because, like, uh, with a lot of their stuff, they build a lot of things. Rich Evans does a lot of the set dressing and things like that. Um, they ended up by like they have much nicer equipment now, so it looks good. But like the sets are very like it, it's basically they made their version of a movie that would be featured on Best of the Worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's. That's what I thought the intention was. Same with Gor- Gorilla Interrupted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm. Just, I think Gorilla Interrupted was uh like a short film. Um, yeah, which sounds oh, like a okay, fake okay. band okay. name Kyle and I made up when we were drunk. probably um so along with like you know all the youtube videos they do all the movies that they've produced and directed and written um they also release pretty regularly um commentary tracks from from famous movies Mm -hmm. um i think they have like over two dozen commentary tracks right now um they uh they have just over a million subscribers which seems like i mean to me is solid but it seems like it should be more with just the amount of content they've made and how many of their videos and things have gone viral it seems like just no 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 no. listen to me a million people can you imagine what that looks like no like think about you have a field filled with a million people Mm -hmm. what does that look like if that many people are watching your content I'm my content. If a million people would listen to this podcast, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, it'd be it'd be incredible. I'm just saying that on the scale of YouTube fame, like that's bare minimum, right? And there are people with more subscribers that make worse content. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but but they're but the content is architected for people to totally that. Yeah. So uh, PewDiePie my has point is, 110 a, million. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but here's what I'm saying about Red Letter Media. Their one million is an active one million. That is also a good point. I'm sure a yeah. lot of the subs for a lot of the PewDiePies and uh, ninjas are... Yeah, because PewDiePie had that whole thing where he was in a pissing contest with that other guy. Was it Ninja? I don't know. Maybe no, they look else. the same. I can't tell like, them apart. Who has the most subscribers on YouTube? So everyone was campaigning for everybody. So their numbers are totally yeah, exactly. inflated. Yeah, it's a point. meme. Yeah yeah but this one million one million people that give a shit about your content that's fucking sick dude who regularly come back and and actually watch i've literally watched all of the best of the worst episodes twice Mm. how many are there i i think there's over a hundred of them okay and you're one of the one million subscribers yes (laughs) i can only imagine 
that that's roughly average yeah (laughs) (laughs) so um so with with, i'm saying that's a strong mill oh totally it's It's very they're very strong that foundation very strong rock solid baby (laughs) good consolidation good user engagement um Mm -hmm. uh, or retention um so yeah they have just over a million subscribers but their videos tend to garner like many more millions of views right. than than that. I mean, like I said, the Phantom Menace is their most watched video. It's got ten million views. Like, sure, their all of their Star Wars videos have four to ten million views. Um, and then every other video they make basically gets at least a million views or nine hundred or eight hundred thousand. You know, k eight hundred thousand. I'm wondering if I'll have a million of anything ever besides ass hairs. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wonder. <laughs> like just the term a million is so it's so big it, yet we're talking about like oh 10 million views like no big it's deal unfathomable. it's unfathomable it's a huge number um so uh, i mentioned that the video that was posted right before the the phantom menace episode only had eighty seven thousand views mm-hmm. currently right. which is just i think that's really funny <laughs> um yeah. and then <clears throat> Their Patreon also has uh, 10,000 subscribers or, you know, donators, um, which puts them in, I think it's like 49 on like the top charts of Patreon. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're in the top 50 there. And um, yeah, I just, I, I think that Red Letter Media has had such an impact on my life and my like comedy stylings and my like, like the influence and finding out these new weird niche like these movies are fucking crazy that these exist and they are so funny and it has informed so much of like what i am now interested in after watching red letter media for i don't know at least five or six years now yeah um and it's just fascinating to see like youtube being used properly and do and making really good content and seeing people who like were kids going to film school that they didn't really like go i don't know let's post some stupid shit to face to youtube and Mm -hmm. becoming this worldwide i mean relatively on the internet like thing that like has now propelled them to be able to continue to make good content that like I watched, there's a YouTube video that I watched in preparation for this, where it's a guy literally talking about the longevity of Red Letter Media's whole mm-hmm. brand, and it's 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 inspiring, and it's extremely, it's heartwarming. It makes me feel good inside. Oh, good. I thought, I didn't know that was where I was going to go, <laughs> yeah, but that's that, good. It really could have gone any direction. Yeah. Well, it's also one of those things where it's like, you know, they start making these videos 10 years ago when they were like in their late 20s or early 30s. And now mm-hmm. I think Mike Staclasa is like almost 50. Like I've watched these people age, not, <laughs> not characters, like not made up characters you see in a, a movie, real people getting older and still fucking knocking it out of the park every time yeah yeah staying relevant um you know i know it's probably not for everybody but it's 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 just a really good story that didn't involve any sort of weird sex thing it's for a million people that are willing to hit that fucking smash that fucking subscribe button Mm -hmm. yeah man good for them good for them a million people good for us honestly Oh, you know what? I almost forgot. There's one last thing I want to um, 
here, here it comes. Sh- show you guys. So here it you guys, comes. there's a picture of a dick. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no pictures of dicks. Um, okay. uh, so you guys have seen me wear the shirt that says "Dick the Birthday Boy." Oh yes, yes. and I'm also tuned into this. But yes, okay. So um, "Dick the Birthday Boy" is a joke. Um, in one of their episodes, they it's Rich Evans's birthday, and mm-hmm. they randomly find. Um, a Mike finds an old port, uh, uh, Polaroid of Rich Evans at a um, a showbiz pizza. Now, if, yep. if if you don't know what a showbiz pizza is, their mascot is a nightmare. Uh, he's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> he's come straight yeah, from the depths of hell. Uh, he's like so the, the like like Chuck E. Cheese's crackhead brother. Yep. Um, and there, it's a photo of little baby Rich Evans wearing a shirt that says "Dick the Birthday Boy" with a big creepy. <laughs> Uh, showbiz pizza rat standing next to him that somehow from them pulling that up in their video and then they made him a, a shirt a new shirt with this addictive birthday boy that somehow ended up in the weird parts of the internet that was it like was severed from its original like its origins mm-hmm. and it fucking ended up on the goddamned ellen show oh what? where oh julia Dude. Where Julia Roberts shit? is looking is like, I guess Ellen had a segment where she found funny video in, uh, images from the internet, mm-hmm. and she showed this to fucking Julia Roberts. <laughs> what Why? the hell? It's just Poor the Julia. it's just the segment she You're, would do. I I found out about this photo simply from like like cursed images yeah. or some shit on Reddit. Yeah, it was to- totally detached from Red Letter Media. So when I went to your house that day, Harwin, and you were wearing that shirt, I was like beside myself i didn't know what to fucking do because i didn't have context right i just knew this photo i didn't know anything about red letter media and the backstory you know i just it's it's definitely a very specific joke that for sure only i get and think is funny and wearing it out (laughs) in public multiple people have come up to me and be like are you dick like no no no, (laughs) it's a i'm not dick it's a it's It's, a tough shirt to wear in public it's 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 for me shirt yeah, I like to wear it out for the people that are like farther away who see it and go, "Huh?" That's that's yeah. what I find funny. Yeah, <laughs> they, um, they could it see is, it as like a statement, like uh, a request, a call to action. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> or like, kiss me, I'm Irish, yeah. or fuck me, I'm the birthday boy. Dick for yeah. birthday boy. Dick the birthday boy. <laughs> um, uh, cool. There's one last quote I want to. We can end on. Um. And the video, I wish I could remember the guy. I fucking, I think it's entertainment on YouTube. Oh my is the guy, God. That is a name. Is, is the channel that did the, uh, the, the review of Red Letter Media I just mentioned. And he had a really great quote in the beginning. And he described Red Letter Media as your favorite YouTuber's favorite YouTuber. Because I've noticed a lot of other ah. YouTubers I watch will use clips from red letter media they'll reference jokes that are made or movies Mm -hmm. and it comes up in the most random places which is phenomenal that other people know it that's great specifical sorry specifical specific (laughs) viral uh tendencies yeah yeah within within certain circles once again that's a strong that's a that's a qualified mill that's a qualified mill subscriber totally definitely totally pre-qualified for a loan pre-qualified come of disappointment (laughs) and sadness so that was red letter media 
Thank Yay. you. Uh, it was a clean episode. No Very sex clean. stuff. That was fun for everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, now go watch Surviving Edged Weapons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Suburban That's exactly Sasquatch. exactly what we're going to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. We hope to see you again soon. This podcast is a product of Bird Bar Incorporated.